Wash your hands and keep it clean. You gotta wash your hands and keep it clean. We'll flatten that curve while we quarantine. It feels absurd, but just you wait and see. Cover your cough and if you sneeze, and then you wash your hands and keep it clean. That's right. Wash your hands, everybody. Welcome back to the Saturday Thrive Subscribe series, COVID-19 Practice Pearls. I'm your host, Michael Deniger, co-owner of Towncrest Pharmacy and the voice of the Thrive Subscribe podcast. Earlier this week, I was on a call with several outstanding independent pharmacy owners, and one of the topics that we discussed was how the significant changes that each of us has had to make in our practice have increased our overall expenditures. One expense that we discussed is often overlooked, the cost of credit card processing. Each of us has seen a significant increase in the number of card-not-present transactions that we're doing at our stores, primarily due to curbside and delivery. And these transactions are associated with much higher transaction fees from the credit card companies themselves. For a more complete discussion of the topic, you can check out this week's Thriving Pharmacist blog at thethrivingpharmacist.com. Of course, financial implications of the COVID-19 pandemic go far beyond transaction fees for credit cards. So this episode, we will explore several of the financial implications of the COVID-19 pandemic as they apply to your pharmacy, focusing particularly on what you can do to keep your finances healthy. Today, we are once again joined by North Carolina pharmacy owners Ashley Branham and Joe Moose. Ashley and Joe's guests today are two CPAs, Scotty and All In Sykes with Sykes & Company Public Accountants. They will talk with us in detail about what you can do to focus in on your business's health over the next eight weeks, including sharing information on the payroll protection program terms and loan forgiveness details. Joe and Ashley, thank you for being with us here today and taking the time to talk with us and our listeners. I'm glad to be here. Glad to to be here with Ashley and all and Scotty. Um, I have known Allen for goodness gracious, Allen. How, how long? Fifteen oh, years, co- maybe. Probably a couple <laughs> decades, really. Yeah, yeah, probably longer than that. Um, and, and Allen and I have been been, or I have been fortunate enough to travel uh, with Allen and do some presentations um, on two totally different topics. But he's always on the accounting and financial side of things, and and I always stick around to hear. Uh, to hear him speak because I, I always learn something is as, as much as we like to be clinically focused and we like to be pushing the envelope and, and innovation and, and, and great ideas, taking care of our patients. Uh, we also have to take care of our, our finances and stay in business to do so. So, so I've gained a lot. Um, I, I want to start right out by saying, uh, Alan, I, I, and Scotty, I think you're the building you guys have renovated is phenomenal so if you get a chance to go to their website and just check out on the sites sykes-cpa.com look at that uh, that building they renovated what was that building before you it it was an old peanut mill it's about 180 years old it's a certified historic structure and we're able to get of course all the tax credits tied up in that we did that back in uh, 2005 and 6 but thank you very much for your your positive comments and uh 
uh, we, we really enjoy being uh, in this location. But although we do practice all over the country, we have pharmacies in I think in about 45 states, but our, our central uh, depository is here, even though we have today uh, only about eight people in this building and 35 people working from their homes. So it's uh, so we, we're all dealing with the COVID crisis. It's still got old yeah, uh, shells in here, too. We sure do. Well, if you listeners get a chance to look at that, it really is a, a phenomenal looking building. They've done a great job. But let's get on to the to the subject matter at hand. Uh, Ashley. Yeah. So um, I was um, really excited about this week and, and the conversation that we're having um, with both Alan and Scott as as we start to explore. Um, really the, the financials of, of what's happening here with COVID and, and into our businesses and whether you're a um, new start business or um, been in existence for some time, you're likely feeling um, a little bit of pull in one direction and um, starting to probably be a little bit worried about our cash flow. So that's why Joe and I felt like it was really important to switch gears. Um, we've been um, very focused on different types of services that we could implement as um, part of CPSM pharmacies. But now um, we're going to take a pause and look at our, our financial health and what types of things we need to be worried about and be, be pushing for, you know, when we're not, um, we don't have the luxury of having the supplemental cells um, that help support some of our um, declining reimbursement. So, um, now that we're starting to see um, some um, government support come in, I know there's a lot of questions just surveilling um, the, the social media sites where people are nervous. They either haven't seen um, their application for PPP come through yet and concerned about whether they should try another bank or um, should they just hold tight with the bank that they initially applied or we're starting to see as a result of the CARES Act, money starting to hit accounts. And what is that money used for? Um, each each funding source has specific terms. And so today we've challenged Allen and Scott to kind of walk us through some of these tips based on trends they're seeing with um, the finances of pharmacies that they're managing or involved in um, and um, what types of, of um tips do we need to know as some of the supplemental funding is coming in? How are we supposed to be allocating these resources and um, and making sure we're um, using it as the legitimate purpose? So with that, I, I think, um, Alan, Scott, help us. <laughs> what, um, uh, well, what are you seeing out there? Well, he, he, here's really some current events. The House, as we speak right this moment, is hopefully voting on the second version of this PPP CARES program which will be releasing uh, about the same amount, if not a little bit more, funding than they did several weeks ago. And for those of you listening here that have not uh, applied for your PPP loan, you probably have three or four days, including this weekend, before this program will probably be fully funded again uh, with request. So uh, if they sign it today, Trump signs the bill tonight, assuming that, then 1201 is when it, the, the, the race starts. And you, you need to make sure that you have uh, your applications in if you don't already. Again, you're probably only gonna have three or four days to get your applications in. You can't wait till next week to do this. You'll need to do it uh, over the weekend. I know most people will be listening to this on Saturday. Saturday is certainly not too early. In fact, hopefully it's not gonna be too late. 
but it's it's a very current event as far as making sure that you have all your ducks in a row and the information through your bank portal that, that, that is needed. And some banks are obviously doing better jobs at this than others, uh, but uh, your, your bank is the key factor there to check with to see uh, what, the, what the status of a loan uh, request is if you've already sent in your paperwork uh, or whether you haven't. You, you just need to pay close attention to that. Yep. Um, so those of you, I, I forgot to mention this, but those of you who are listening live, feel free to type your questions in in the chat box or the question box, and we'll we'll get those over to Scott and Scott and, and Allen for that. But uh, yeah, I appreciate the urgency on on that. I think that a lot of us uh, got caught uh, last time waiting to get a little more guidance before we went, and then before we knew it, that it was gone or our bank was not was not responding back, so we just sat back on the sidelines. So yeah, and, and, um, for and, those... And excuse me, Jerry, that's happened in a lot of instances yeah. that uh, a lot of banks were very slow in responding previously. Uh, that caused a whole, a whole heap of problems. Also tied into this is this economic injury disaster loan. This also has some extended funding in this bill as well. So uh, you can go to sba.gov to take a look at the economic injury disaster loan options. There, they've got a grant of $10,000, and they've got a full-fledged loan that you can apply for. But again, you can do both. You can do both EIDL and the PPP loan, but um, uh, both are going to require the same timing aspect. So, um, Alan, if, if let's say a pharmacy has a bank that they're using, and they were very non-responsive to it, and they didn't, you know, they tried to do PPL, PPP and didn't hear anything back. I mean, are you recommending? I'm seeing, you know, uh, on social media, hey, I apply to these three kind of online banks that are not standard banks, what they may be using for their business because their their local business bank, uh, you know, didn't give them any love. Any advice yeah. around what banks to well, use the if you don't have a, a strong yeah, banking relationship? Yeah, the pharmacy niche banks, Joe, have done the best job that I've seen. Um, in the industry, and frankly, some community banks in some smaller areas have also done great jobs. Some of the larger banks have been the ones where there have been issues. The, the, the national ones that you, for top four or five that you might hear, there have been some real issues with those because there's nobody that you can talk to. There's no questions you can get answered. There's many more questions than there are answers in this whole process here. But um, you, you can technically only apply and, and uh, to, to, to one. Um, and I know a bunch of fintech firms are out offering services and places like Cabbage and Quicken and places like that are, are, are now uh, SBA lenders as well. But your best situation is the relationship you have the best with your, with your local or community bank where you probably have your depository. But if they're not set up ready to go, then you're going to have to look elsewhere. Yeah, thanks. So, so you mentioned the EIDL, and and uh, and I know some of us have had uh, some money end up in our account that we didn't even know was going to end up in in our account. Um, Ashley, have, have you got any examples, or or what are you hearing yeah. um, from your end about things like that? Yeah, personally, yeah, we um, just in um, my pharmacy, we received a. a um, deposit this week uh, again from the the CARES Act and uh, from HRSA and um, 
it was um, a nice supplement, but it's also, uh, it comes with some terms. Um, and um, speaking with um, some folks out of Florida this morning, they also mentioned um, that they're starting to see some of those dollars flow through their accounts too. And um, the requirement to, to respond to um, um, those, those finances that are coming through to the, from the, from the CARE Act. And as part of that, you're making a claim that you will um, accept the, the conditions that come with that money. And, and there are certain uses for that funding. Um, the HRSA website does have um, some examples of allowable uses for that type of funding um, that will be um, that we'll, we'll link in the show notes. So if you're if you're a recipient of of the CARES Act um, funding that you've gotten this week or in the in over the next week, um, take a look at that and make sure that if you choose to use those, accept that that funding that you're using it for the allowable uses um, that's defined as part of uh, of that act. And um, I certainly think that. Um, Alan and Scott, I don't know if you have any additional thoughts to add on to that um, in terms of the reporting requirements. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll chime in on that. You know, this 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 is additional monies in the CARES Act, and uh, this is going to be tax-free money. There was no application that was needed by the uh, pharmacy, obviously, but um, this is tax-free money as well. It does not have to be paid back. Um, you do have to abide by the terms and conditions. You have to attest that you receive the funds within 30 days. If you do not, you will be uh, assumed to have accepted. Um, and we've had, we've seen any, I've seen anywhere from $35,000 to a pharmacy down to about $60 to a pharmacy. And, and most of them in the couple thousand dollar range. And we've actually had some pharmacies return that money because they'd rather not just keep up with the compliance and documentation. Um, but obviously that's on a, a, a a pharmacy by pharmacy basis. I will also add, as, as part of the uh, the bill that's being discussed right now in the House, hopefully be signed later this evening, um, it includes another $321 billion for the PPP. Again, if you haven't, <coughs> excuse me, if you haven't applied for that, you need to get in line today, right now. Um, also includes another $50 billion for the EIDL loans. Uh, again, those are um, economic injury disaster loans, you apply on sba.gov, uh, you can, um, you'll request X amount of dollars. Uh, if you're approved of that, uh, of those monies, you do not have to accept it. Um, so, you know, it, it might be a good idea for everybody out there to apply. You don't have to accept the monies. If you do accept, uh, it's up to 30 year terms, uh, three and three quarter interest rate, which is very favorable and no prepayment penalties. So, uh, and no collateral at that other than basic business assets. So these, you know, this is a pretty good opportunity to get some funds in, in your hands. Um, uh, a few other things I want to cover. The SBA loan forbearance is an automatic. That's six months. The government's going to pay of any SBA loans you've already had on the books. So we're seeing major cash flow injections there for those who already are paying on SBA loans they may have already had. Um, and then on the, again, going back to what's being discussed on the House floor as we speak, uh, there's going to be another $75 billion for um, uh, Medicare providers and suppliers as well. Um, we're not sure the details of how, how all that's going to play out, uh, but I do know there'll be an application process to that. So there's going to be perhaps even more money that pharmacies are going to be able to request 
um, in the future here. Uh, and we haven't even gotten to the tax changes yet, but we're, we won't go there today. That's really helpful. You know, our, um, I, I know that a lot of the pharmacy owners are starting to glance down at their, um, you know, their bank accounts, and they're starting to, in some cases, likely see that cash flow really, really tight right now. Um, do you have any thoughts around activities? You know, we know today, if you haven't already applied for the PPP grant, apply for that. Um, check out the small the SBA.gov site um, and the opportunity to still apply for the EIDL loan. Um, what other kind of things should we be thinking about if, if we're really concerned about getting over the next two or three months um, as we're dealing with this pandemic? The, the, the number one thing, and I'll start and Scott, let you finish on this. Number one thing is once you receive funding, and I imagine a number of people listening to this podcast have already received funding, is the forgiveness aspect here. And uh, those details are really bank by bank driven, although there are general guidelines that have been provided so far from Treasury slash SBA. Um, and tracking and accounting for that and documenting what you will need at the end of the eight week period after you get funding is gonna be absolutely critical. Before I let Scotty talk about the forgiveness aspect a little bit more, I wanna mention one thing. For those of you that have multiple stores, if you have uh, multiple entities, the PPP loan and EIDL loan is entity by entity uh, uh, situation. So if you've got three stores, three different separate legal entities, you've got three loan possibilities. However, if you have four stores and one entity, you've only got one. So you want to keep that in mind. I know there's a lot of confusion. And also some people think that you can't do a PPP and an EIDL. You can't. Scotty, talk about the forgiveness aspect because that's really critical. Yeah, so assuming most folks have gotten the PPP funding and, and even if you do get in on this next round, you know, you have to use these for eligible expenses. And, and essentially, at least 75% of your loan amount has to be for payroll costs. And we're not quite sure what that definition means for forgiveness, uh, but it, it will include gross uh, payroll. It's not going to it's not your net payroll. It's not your employer payroll taxes. It's gross payroll. So if you're paying somebody five thousand uh, dollars a pay period, it's going to be five thousand dollars in that number. And again, at least 75 percent has to be used for payroll. You don't want to um, play around with that metric because some banks may do an all or nothing type forgiveness situation. Um, and the banks are going to have a lot of control over the forgiveness. So you want to start with the bank when you're looking at forgiveness. Um, and, and this is forgiveness and it's tax-free money. So if you if you do get the whole amount forget, forgiven, it's going to be tax-free money. Um, but back to the eligible expenses, you know, you got health insurance, employer health insurance that's been paid, uh, a retirement be benefits paid by the employer, such as a safe harbor or profit sharing type arrangement, rate utilities and interest. And assuming you use the funds to, uh, for those eligible expenses, um, you know, you need to you need to properly document how you're using, you know, what you're spending that money on, uh, canceled checks, invoices, proving that you're spending this PPP money on those expenses, uh, building your documentation file, so to speak, so that when you do go to the bank in 60 days or after the eight weeks, I should say, um, that the bank can take your documentation, see that you have 
spent this money according to their provisions and according to the provisions in the law uh, and give you the forgiveness um, rubber stamp you for forgiveness because you don't want to you don't want to go to the bank after this eight week period and and give them an incomplete forgiveness package because you might not you you may risk um, all of it to be forgiven or or even a partial amount of it so you want to be thorough here um, and the big thing is you just definitely want to make sure you're meeting that 75 percent payroll cost test and you're maintaining your employee levels and staffing uh, levels as well okay scott scotty i got a couple of questions coming in and one is how soon uh how soon are we able to apply for the second eight weeks if we received our first loan already so there's only going to be one you can only get one ppp loan and when you when you signed up for that for applied for that first PPP loan, you certified that you would not uh, apply for a second. So uh, you do not want to go there. If you've already been funded with PPP, you just need to stop right there. Okay. And another question was, if, if I have three locations, but I handle all of my payroll out of one, uh, do the other ones... Uh, although they're separate entities, they don't have payroll. Is the loan only based off of payroll? You got a potential That's issue. A tricky one. Yeah. Um, because technically you've got to have each entity, unless you have a common paymaster arrangement set up and very few people will qualify for that arrangement or a PEO arrangement. Um, and I won't go there on that. It gets too technical. Then, um, if if you're paying everybody for three separate entities out of one and just reimbursing the other two, that's a tax issue. And you need to be talking to your tax advisors about that. But if that's the case, you've only got W-2s, it sounds like, from one entity. You've got only one opportunity for a loan. So that's a primary situation there that you may have hurt yourself in that process. Again, I'd talk to your advisors that know very a lot about your individual situation. Okay, and there was another question that came in. I'm not sure that they said, is this a deposit from HHS? Where does the um, attestation come from? Uh, and what are the stipulations for its use? If I you think they were referring to the EDIO. Yeah. That's the um, that's the HHS, the, that, that's the money that pharmacies have seen show up in their bank accounts. That's again, a part of the CARES Act. It's not the right. EIDL, it's not the PPP, um, but you can go to hhs.gov uh, slash provider relief and uh, there'll be a portal on there to, to attest to that. Okay, fantastic. That's all the questions in the queue for the moment. We can, um, for the for the sake of the individual um, who's asking that question, we can um, connect to that site and um, the response information um, um, to the show notes um, because there is an award implementation process that's outlined. I think also just to mention that your eight week of a, eight weeks of accountability start the moment you get the money. So that's the critical eight-week reporting period that you're going to have to account for and document. Again, this is on the PPP loan because um, we've got many, many pharmacies that have already received funding for that, um, and, and they're already in that reporting period. I know that's a question that's coming up. And, and we're, we're getting and receiving 
almost daily updates from SBA slash Treasury, uh, answering many questions that are out there. But in this case here, they've they've this is a massive program that uh, the the amount of time that it's taken to push this amount of money out through the banking system is unprecedented. Of course, this whole process with the COVID crisis is unprecedented. And there's just so many things that will be opined on and uh, defined and dealt with later. And um, it'll be really interesting to see how some of the ultimate answers come out um, for some of these issues. For example, we don't know whether related party rent is going to count, um, just as a primary example. Yeah, and I, I think the big kicker here is with this forgiveness is going to, again, be this payroll costs, understanding what that means, making sure that you're meeting that 75% test, that, that at least 75% of the PPP monies are used for payroll costs, and then making sure you're not having a reduction in staff and that you're not reducing hours or rates. You know, that that's going to be the three key areas to focus on. And the reduction in staff, there's things you can do now as far as planning for that, um, because it's gonna, you're going to take uh, the full-time equivalent employees for periods um, either last year or beginning of this year. And I'm not going to get into details there, but uh, you can take the full-time equivalents over those two periods, and then you're going to compare your full-time equivalents over this eight-week period of funding. And you're going to, and if you see a decrease in staff levels from from those from those dates, uh, you might have a reduction. And and so you just there's th there's a couple things you can do just to be proactive here, and, and it's going to revolve around that payroll cost because you if you're given the opportunity for tax-free money that you don't have to pay back, you certainly want to maximize that. Um, and 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 payroll is going to be how you do that. Yeah, just a follow-up question. I know that because many of the pharmacies' workflows have now moved more outside versus inside the pharmacy, it's required perhaps um, either one reallocation of, of um, job position or second increased hiring. And um, as you were talking, you you made a, a um, remark about the comparison of um, FTEs or um, payroll hours um, from this year to last year and, and what that looks like over the eight weeks. Is there um, any risk of, of, or I guess any benefit of going ahead and doing a couple more hires to help with um, some of the extra workload that's coming out right now? Will that, will that help be justified um, under the PPP or um, is, will that make no difference since there is a comparison aspect? Yeah, that's that's a good question. And the the whole purpose behind the PPP Paycheck Protection Program is your is the employees and, and hiring and maintaining staff. So if, if you're adding hours, adding staff, um, you know, paying paying your staff a little extra for the, you know, the stress they're having to deal with on the front lines. Absolutely. I don't see any issues with that whatsoever. That's the whole intention of the program, in my opinion. So um, and Congress's opinion or intense. So I think, you know, that is perfectly something to uh, strongly consider because uh, you, you just do not want to be in a position where you're going to be limited or you're going to have a reduction in forgiveness. Um, there's, there's just no point in that when you're looking at tax-free money. That's, that's really helpful because I, I think a lot of us are in the position of 
you want to minimize labor costs in a time where your cash flow may be impacted. But in this scenario, um, especially with a, a loan that is acting like a grant that's allocated especially for that, it changes our mindset a little bit. Mm-hmm. Certainly does. Certainly does. And, and, and it goes back to how much you were, you know, received in the first place. I've seen some because the application process was so um, inconsistent among all the banks. Nobody really knew what the payroll number was to, to determine your loan amount. And we've seen all over the board and I've seen a lot of pharmacies actually get less than they were otherwise eligible for. Um, so in that case, it'd be pretty, it'll be a little easier to, to meet that test and, and to make sure you're, you're meeting that hundred percent forgiveness. So um, it, it, it's going to go back to that planning and making sure that um, you're running those numbers, understanding the payroll costs, understanding the reductions and that kind of thing. So, um, like I said, I have, I, like I've been saying this whole time, the application process was easy. Nobody really understood um, this forgiveness and they, and, but this forgiveness part is going to be complicated. It's, it's really a headache. And uh, right now I'm not having too much fun with it, but um, <laughs> we'll see how the rest goes. Yeah. Give me some guys. Well, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's keeping you guys on, on your toes. That's for sure. Um, so l- let me just clarify one thing. The question is coming in. If they, if somebody got um, a bank deposited from HHS, that is the e- e- EDL. Um, the- no, no. That is not the EIDL. The yeah. HHS is the um, provider relief uh, amount from the um, the CARES Act. That that is completely separate and distinct from the PPP and the EIDL line. Yep. Okay. And um, we had another question about bonuses to staff. Are they justified under that eighty percent part of your PPP? Yes, they are justified. I don't see why not. Um, we're talking again, payroll is employees and staff, keeping them on payroll and paid is the intent here. So I don't see any problem with that. You do have to consider uh, this $100,000 limitation, though, when we're talking about bonuses and meeting that um, forgiveness criteria. So um, still remains to be seen on how that $100,000 limit applies for the eight week period. Um, but that is a limitation we have to consider as part of this payroll cost we've been talking about. So I'm going to attempt to kind of highlight or summarize um, the key points that that were discussed today. It sounds like first and foremost, we're expecting an extension of the PPP very quickly, very soon. Apply now. Don't wait. We have very limited time um, to get that application in if you have not already. Um, the same is true with the EIDL loan. Um, so those are two action items. If you haven't already done that or have not been successful, um, do that right away. Make that a priority. The second is if you are um, starting to see funding come through, know what you're agreeing to um, and keep an account of how those dollars are are spent. Um, three, if you need extra support in your pharmacy. Um, it seems like this is the time to do that. So um, if you are, are just working long hours and killing yourself and you think that there's some support out there that you can bring on in your labor, 
then do that. These funds are, are intended for that. Um, and I don't know anything else I'm missing today. Any, any last words, um, as the pharmacies are, are working through this pandemic. I, I think you summed that up pretty well. And, um, you know, it's just, just a day by day thing at this point. And, um, I, yeah, I just want to thank everybody for, for allowing us to be on here today and thank you all for being on the front lines and we're doing everything we can in the background here to help with, uh, the financial side of things, you can always uh, reach out to us at any time. Uh, ask Sykes at sykes-cpa.com. We're happy to answer any emails uh, or any questions you have. Um, and then our, our webpage also will have tons of resources as we learn more and guidance is released. And I'll repeat that one more time. It's ask Sykes, S-Y-K-E-S, at sykes-cpa.com. We'll attempt to answer all the questions to the best the uh, of our abilities. Okay, great. Well, Joe and Ashley, thanks so much again for taking the time to talk with our listeners. And Alan and Scotty, we, we really appreciate your time and perspective. This has been some really helpful information. Um, to all of the Thrive Subscribe podcast and the listeners out there, we hope you'll continue to listen in each Thursday for our Thrive on Thursday series. And every Saturday for as long as we need it, we'll be back with the COVID-19 Practice Pearls episode. The Thrive Subscribe podcast is brought to you by Thrive Pharmacy Transformations. Visit us online at tptransformations.com where you can join our free community to inspire you, challenge you, and transform your pharmacy practice.